Hi, this is John Carlson. Caps fans, don't forget to catch the Caps This Morning podcast every weekday morning on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Lars Eller leaves practice early with a lower body injury. Our Metropolitan Division preview tour continues this morning with a look at New Jersey. And Devils play-by-play man Matt Laughlin is going to join us. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, September 28th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. A Caps back at training camp yesterday at MedStar Capitals Iceplex. And midway through, Lars Eller leaving early with what the team is describing as a lower body injury and out for precautionary reasons. Now, more should be known later today. First of all, seeing if he can practice with the team later this morning. Caps, of course, already down Nicholas Backstrom down the middle. So Eller very much needed in his absence. No cause for panic at this stage. But suddenly this week, a focal point of practice is whether Lars is able to get back at it quickly. More coming up on the show tomorrow after another day of practice. As pointed out yesterday by Tarek El-Bashir from The Athletic, Eller did have groin muscle strains multiple last season. Unclear if there's any connection to what happened to Lars on Monday at practice. And that's more on that coming up tomorrow, as well as our look at the second preseason game of the fall, a home date with the Devils Wednesday at 7 o'clock. You can hear the game in Washington on 106.7 A Fan, as well as here on Caps Radio 24-7. Three on the road after that. Preseason home finale coming up a week from this Saturday. And with that, we are happy to be joined by the radio voice of the New Jersey Devils, Matt Lachlan, joining us here on the show. Matt, welcome to the show here this morning. Grab a cup of coffee and sit down with us, will you? Fair enough, John. Thanks for the invite. It's hockey time, and I'm pumped for what lies ahead as we hopefully get 82 games in. That's the schedule, and hopefully COVID stays in abeyance and we can do it and get back to normal. I vote for that. I think we all do. Let's talk about the Devils last year. Decent start, lost traction, lost their way in a very tough Mass Mutual East division. A lot of veterans leaving at the trade deadline, and now an older team has gotten a whole lot younger, probably faster too. Let's start with Pavel Zaka. A great year for him last year. Jack Hughes, flashes of brilliance, pretty decent season as he's still so young too. Tell us about these guys leading us off here and how they get to the next level to get the Devils going this year. Well, I'll start with Hughes and just briefly point out that he's 20 years old. He's beginning his third year in the league and think about the two previous seasons between COVID and then the Devils fire his first NHL coach. They fire his first NHL GM. He's billeting with Corey Schneider, who gets sent down to the minors. And so suddenly in his rookie year, Jack's on his own. And then Taylor Hall gets traded. So hello, welcome to the National Hockey League. Never mind moving from the U.S. national program to the best league in the world. So it's been an interesting two years, to say the least, for Jack. But the feeling is that, and he has spoken about his need to pop. He wants his game to pop this year. He understands that while last year was better than the first, it wasn't what he expected, nor what the fans are expecting, and probably not what management and coaching staff expected. So he's come back so far in camp. He looks good. He looks stronger. He looks more determined. And I think we're going to see more of what fans thought they would get when they selected Hughes number one overall than he has delivered so far, although last year was 
from any standpoint, individually, a better year for him than his rookie year. Pavel Zaka remains a little bit of the mystery man. Last year, he blossomed, uh, a guy who was selected sixth in his draft year, and Devils have been waiting, waiting, waiting for him, and, and there have been fits and starts, but never consistency. The maturity seems to be there now. The understanding of the game, the realization that either he can be better and live up a little bit to the billing. He may never live up to being sixth overall, but at the very least, he can be more than an, an average National Hockey League player. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the smarts. Last year, he showed the shot. I thought he'd start on the wing this year, but they've been using him back at center. I think they want that depth behind Hughes and Nico Heischer and some size as well. But it was last year at the wing where he played his best hockey. Who knows as the season goes on where he ends up. But I think good things are on the horizon for Pavel Zaka. With the salary cap, it's the circle of life wherever you are in it. And for Washington and Pittsburgh, trying to keep the window open for an aging core, for the Devils, yeah, there's been some pain, but you've got all of these young kids who are seemingly just on the cusp. And a guy like Igor Sharangovich, where third in the NHL and even strength points last year among forwards. I mean, there's not just Zaka, not just Hughes, not just Heeshear, who had injuries last year, but there's a lot of guys that if it breaks right for New Jersey, this team is going to score some goals. Well, last year, that was a huge problem for them, and they are depending this year on some of that internal growth that a lot of teams speak of. And what that really means is the maturation of their players. And I mentioned Jack Hughes entering his third year, but now he should really know what the league's about. He sure had a lost year last season, injured training, got COVID, got hurt, slap shot to the face. And it was just a lost year in many ways for him. But this will be his fifth year in the league. And he is the captain. And even though he's only 22, he's got some stripes. And on and on and on. You look at the roster. Sharon Govich is a little bit of an X factor because how will he respond in his second year? How will teams respond to him as he was so unknown coming into last season? And you gave some of his numbers, 17 goals, or excuse me, 16 goals last year, 30 points. Just a terrific player. But if he can show at least that, maybe on that average, I think they'll be able to score enough goals with growth from some of those other areas. Thomas Tatar, who they signed as a free agent, he's a 20-goal scorer. You know, I know he didn't play much in the playoffs for Montreal last year, but he's not that old, and he has shown that he's at 20 to 25 goal scorer, so that'll help. And then the defense will make things better for the Devils, too. So all the areas they needed to improve in have to score a few more. They have to give up a lot less, and special teams have to be better they address those situations either internally or going out and getting some players. Well, they sure went out and got a big one on the back end and Dougie Hamilton, the devils last year, 28th in the league on the power play. It was a problem. Dougie Hamilton has to fix that coming over from Carolina. Pretty good place to start as a trigger man on the power play. He can score at even strength. Obviously that's a big upgrade. And for the first time ever, other than Ilya Kovalchuk, who was the devil's own free agent when they signed him to that big controversial contract, the Devils signed the preeminent free agent on the market. They have never been in a position where they wanted to do that. They thought they had enough pieces to do it. And I'm going back a little bit. And then recently, as they've drifted toward the bottom of the standings, there was no real need to do that because they didn't have enough to surround them. And they weren't in an appealing location because they weren't going to necessarily be a good team. But Hamilton has hitched his wagon to the Devils train. The Devils feel that he is 
clearly more than a missing piece, a very prominent piece, but also that they're ready in the other areas to push forward, that that breakthrough will take place. And so they were willing to go to market and 63 mil over seven years is a nice market, that's for sure. But yeah, you're right. He'll help them defensively. He gives them some size and he clearly will help trigger that power play. So all good all around. Yeah, and the rest of the decor, uh, you and I talked a lot last year about Ty Smith. I love the makeup of this guy. I mean, he just looks like, even at the age that he's at, he's mobile, he's got good size, and he was out in all situations last year, so you've got him. I don't know where P.K. Subban really fits in at this point. I know that he does. He brings, obviously, a veteran leadership there, and then a guy we know really well in Jonas Siegenthaler, too. So it seems like there's some interesting pieces on that decor that could make that pretty solid back there. Well, as you mentioned, special teams, talking about it just a moment ago, they were also terrible on the penalty kill last year. It was much better at the end of the year, but it got off to a dreadful, historically bad start. And so the numbers just never were able to rise all that much. But they traded for Ryan Graves, who was second in the National Hockey League among defensemen in penalty killing time last year while playing for Colorado. And he'll match up, he'll pair, at least so far in camp, he's been paired with Dougie Hamilton. So that gives you the first pairing. That drops Smith and Severson down to number two, which gives you a more than solid second pairing. And to your point about P.K. Subban, right now he'll be in that third pair on the right side. And Siegenthaler mixes in as his partner. That's where they've used him so far. They traded for Christian Yaros. He's probably pushing for a seventh spot. And there might be a guy from the minors who can push forward. A, a, you know, a Kevin Ball is an intriguing prospect, big size, and played seven games last year and didn't seem intimidated at all by life in the National Hockey League. But everyone drifts down to a more appropriate position. The minutes can be balanced better. So yes, P.K. Subban will definitely have a role on this team, but more appropriate. They don't have to push him, push his minutes, and I think that benefits. And it's the same thing with Severson and with Smith. And then if Hamilton goes through a bad scuffle period. Well, Ty Smith can quarterback the power play and Dougie can go to down to number two. So the mix is much better than it was last year on the D. I'm fascinated by the goalies in this division, Matt, because it wasn't all that long ago that you had some legitimate studs, whether it was Brodeur in New Jersey, Lundquist, Holtby wins a cup here. Uh, you had Marc-Andre Fleury winning cups in Pittsburgh. And now it's young, pretty much everywhere outside of Long Island. And the Capitals are going through that and figuring out who's going to be the one. Pittsburgh is still finding their way. I feel like of the young goalies, Philly too, where Carter Hart had all those issues last year, but still all of that upside. Of all the young guys, I'm not sure that I don't like Mackenzie Blackwood the best just because of the workload he's had to take on. He played so many minutes last year. And I mean, statistically on a team that struggled, the numbers were still there, and he showed what the Capitals need Ilya Samsonov to be and hasn't yet. He's only played three straight games once in his whole career. Blackwood probably did that in a weekend a couple of times. He's a guy that now with Jonathan Bernier in, you've got the veteran to back him up, and Blackwood maybe to take it to the next level. I like what he brings to the table, and it seems like he's pretty highly thought of there. He is, and much is expected of him. And he and the team took a step back last year, and COVID really affected Mackenzie Blackwood, he admitted not only did he get it, but he said for about a month afterward, he still had trouble with his breathing and, and, and his conditioning. And so given all the other issues the Devils faced, it was not a 
prime year for Mackenzie Blackwood. But the Devils are expecting, more than hoping, they are expecting a bounce back to the form he showed the year before when he got everyone very excited. And I say this jokingly, but the first few days of camp, the best news coming out of it is that Jonathan Bernier is still with the team. Because as you remember last year, the Devils signed Corey Crawford to a two-year contract, expecting him to be that 1B or you know battling with Blackwood and having a goalie that they could lean on when Blackwood needed to take a break or if, if he struggled over a period of time. And we were a day into camp and Corey said, you know what, I'm not sure I want to play anymore. And he retires. And so the devil scrambled. And while the Scott Wedgwoods and the Aaron Dells did fine, Eric Comrie actually was in there too and won a game. That's not who the devils wanted to share duties with Blackwood. So this year, Bernier is the guy. And I think the combination is pretty good. If McKenzie falters, you look at some of the numbers that Bernier had last year, you know, the goals against was 2.99, but he was playing for Detroit. The save percentage was pretty good. You know, he gave them a really good effort. I think he's been rejuvenated by the chance to play for a winning side. And I think the Devils feel that they have addressed that issue really well. But it will come down to Blackwood. He looks like a linebacker. I mean, he's like 6'4", 230 pounds. He's, He's a specimen of a man. But he's got to do it on the ice, and you know, hopefully from a devil standpoint, he will. I really thought when we saw him, and I know the Caps had their way with the Devils last year, but I just has that air about him where Rangers are hoping for Shesterkin and the Caps are hoping that either Samson or Vanacek does it. See what Blackwood brings to the table. All right, so having said all of that, we'll leave it with this. The defense improves with Hamilton. You've got the young guys up front and looking for more offense, other guys taking it to the next level. In a division race where the Caps and Penguins have gotten older, the Rangers have gotten better. I think the Flyers got better in the offseason. Carolina, as quick as any team in the NHL. This is a tough division. What do the Devils have to do? What are you looking for once you get into the regular season to have the Devils competing for a playoff spot in this division? Well, the Atlantic now provides, and you know, I will get to the Devils in a second, the Atlantic does provide a, a, a bit of a part of the puzzle in that there was a time not too long ago, as you know, John, where you said, oh, it'll just be three teams from the Atlantic and five will come from the Metropolitan Division giving an extra spot. And I'm not so sure now with what's happened with some of those Atlantic Division teams that you can guarantee that there's only three coming out of that division. We'll see. So the Devils were 26 points out of a playoff spot last year. 26 points. That's a lot of ground to make up. I think best case scenario is the Devils do make up that ground and some of those teams of Pittsburgh falters a little bit and the Devils can sneak in. I think reality says that the best case scenario is all these pieces start to come together. The Devils have marked improvement, but still there's another step that needs to be taken, whether it's adding another piece or again, just another year of maturity as, as these young guys grow into be the team that the Devils are building. They, they feel they've got the core. They feel that they are on the cusp of being a team that will contend year in and year out for a division championship. And then ultimately, who knows where that leads. They, I think the best expectation is to show that improvement, to show that the promise of the last few years now is coming to fruition and that beginning next year, playoff bound and beyond that champion threat. And that would be the best case scenario outside of surprising everyone and make the playoffs, but everything has to come together. It could, there's the talent Hughes and he sure have the talent. Hamilton's got the talent. Blackwood's got the talent. Last year was a disaster. 
They could do it, but it's a lot to ask. Well, we appreciate the perspective, Matt, and we look forward as the Devils come into town. A little preseason tilt coming up in our town on Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us this morning. John, as always, a pleasure speaking with you, and it's always great to talk hockey and looking forward to the game. There he is, Matt Laughlin, radio voice of the Devils in New Jersey, and that is going to put a wrap on the show for today. Again, tomorrow, Ben will be back. We'll get you ready for Caps and Devils at Capital One Arena. Airtime tomorrow night is at 7 o'clock. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.